Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the REC Podcast, brought to you by REC Comics and Collectibles. I'm your host, Roman Chavez, and with me, as always, Eric Icarus. And to my right, we've got the tuna of, uh, of the big variety. Yeah. Big, big tuna. Big, big catch today. Big yeah. catch today. Jordan's hunting with us. Thank you for joining us. Uh, Eric, how are you doing? I'm good, man. How are you? Dude? Good, good, good. You can follow us on the gram at RAC Podcast. You can follow myself at Roman RAC Podcast. And you can follow RAC Comics and Collectibles at RAC Comics. Uh, check us out, 7679 North Union Boulevard in Colorado Springs, Colorado. Big Tuna, how are you? Yeah, I'm all right. Yeah, all right, all right. <laughs> I never plugged my Instagram. I feel like really left out. No. So, uh, you know... <laughs> Hot Europeans forty five. Uh, That's account. who it's been. That's yeah. who it's been the whole time. Yeah, it's a lot. Of, it's a lot of catfishing. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, exclusively catfishing. Okay. Yeah. No. Yeah. Follow me on the funny tunny. Yeah. Funny tunny. There, there you go. go. I don't promote it because uh, he says a lot of inappropriate things that I don't associate it with this podcast with this classy podcast with Eric Icarus. All right. <laughs> really class up the joint. You know you that? Class it up. Yeah. Oh man. Well. We do have a new episode of What If that I'm dying to discuss uh, because this one, okay, man, just each one is just better than the last. And uh, it's basically What If Killmonger Saved Tony Stark. Uh, very interesting idea. I love the premise and the through lines on these films. It would make total sense to have, and spoilers, kids, uh, to have this where during Iron Man 1, when Tony Stark uh, gets abducted by the Ten Rings, instead of that happening, Killmonger, Eric Killmonger. Uh, what's his? Uh, is it Jackson in the in the movie? I think it's like Eric Jackson, but then they call him the Killmonger. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, man, how do you not know? God, Reagan Bush. Uh, <laughs> the uh, he saves Tony in the desert. So they kind of form this bond, this friendship. Um, and he's like, "Hey, you need to build uh, drones," which I thought was a great kind of callback to uh, Iron Man 3 where they're building these drones for the for the military because Tony's like, our military is vulnerable, they can be killed, so we're going to take that human equation out of there. Um, it's a what if Tony Stark never became Iron Man. Uh, Eric, what mm-hmm. did you think of the episode? I was okay. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I good, good you know, feedback. I think the, uh, it's not as better as good as the zombies one. No, but... It's a, it, for me, it's definitely a, mid, a mid-tier one for okay. me. Um, you know, I, I did enjoy some of the, um, you know, the allusions to the, the shot by shot analysis of the, um, movie to the cartoon. Yes. The animated series. They did it very well. Yeah. So I think that was the best part for me. Okay. The story was pretty good. I mean, obviously getting, you know, the, the Chadwick Boseman in there was tugging at the heartstrings. Yeah. Um, that, that to me was honestly the best part of it. Although it, it wouldn't shock me if they had to do that in post. This was the first time that we, because this is our what third Chadwick Boseman yeah. appearance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is the first time that it didn't feel as organic. I don't know if either of you picked it's up on that. Kind of, yeah, a little bit. Like it felt a little bit paused, and and you know, if if it's not him, it's somebody doing the voice, or it's you know where they take the existing they audio. They like him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They chefed <laughs> him. Yeah, dark, dark chefed him. You know. Uh, Jordan, I'm dying to know what you think of the episode because this is one of those things where I know that you don't like certain things forced into stories. How did you feel this fit in the Marvel Universe? Yeah, so I would I would describe it as um, an interesting but not as entertaining episode. There you go. So okay. I think some of the episodes have been both interesting and entertaining. I feel like this one was like, oh, but like it was... 
I mean, yeah. yeah, it was it was an interesting thought, and I did like the idea of like, yeah. So if Tony went through this experience that didn't lead to him being Iron Man, mm-hmm. like that intervention takes place, how does that change? Felt a lot of uh, vibes um, with uh, Ultron, kind of that right. whole idea of like uh, uh, protect the world yes. sort of thing. Yes. So um, you know, when you couple <clears throat> essentially you know as Iron Legion as drones, if mm-hmm. you will, from Iron Man three with this idea of like blanketing the world and safety and security from Age of Ultron, mm-hmm. it makes sense that if he's not, you know, and and I think that. Uh, his experience in the cave and everything that happened in Iron Man 1 really led to him feeling like he needed to take a personal hand. He needed to be sure. the one in the suit as opposed to him, you know, having the solution. And so those story ideas are really what I like about this stuff because even though they may not pay off down the road, it's like, you know, it's not like it's, it's not like each of these what-ifs is launching a whole new universe of all new stories. But, like, I, uh, I think it, it, it kind of solves... Some of that question of like, yeah, are we simply a product of the events that happened to us? Mm-hmm. Or are certain things kind of bound to happen? Like, was he just kind of one bad day away from yeah, having sure. his thoughts? So. It's, it's such a great question in comics. And I, I think Marvel was so ahead of its time in, the, in 77, 78 when they launched the comic book series because – these are, you know, these are conversations we have as adults when we watch the MCU films. What if this happened? What if that happened? You know, uh, what this changes, I mean, ultimately, and this is what's so fun and brilliant about this series, is that we have the casual viewer knowing all of these events. They don't have to have read the comics at all, and they can say, oh my gosh, if Tony doesn't become Iron Man, Thanos wins, Right. I mean, most likely Thanos wins because in those 14 million possibilities, they only win one. The only one that they win is with the one we're telling you. Now, does somebody up? Does Steve Rogers then have to step up? Does, does time correct itself there? I don't know. But we know that in this world, Tony Stark is not Iron Man and he's not going to be there to snap everybody, ba- uh, you know, snap the bad guys away. Yeah. And, you know, that's an interesting thought. I think, too, like, when I tried to think through like that process of like, okay, so, you know, Stephen Strange's perception into these, you know, all, you know, these possibilities seems like the possibilities he was exploring were in the constructed universe that had happened, that Tony was Iron Man, that Steve was Captain America, that, you know, all these other things. And so I wonder how much of, uh, you know, him exploring, uh, you know, certain possibilities like like bleeds into like multiverse stuff, I guess. Yeah. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how they handle multiverse stuff, considering that seems to be the direction that the upcoming MCU stuff is totally. is heading into. With yeah. uh, you know, with uh, the Doctor Strange stuff, Spider Man, like they're they're already kind of laying the groundwork for this to be the operating rules that mm. that and and. In comics, a multiverse is kind of the ultimate what if. Right, right. You can't really have a what if story without you know some multiverse, something sure. that has changed the events that have happened. And so, I'm hoping on the one hand that, um, and they've already they've already announced they're doing they're going to be doing another season of the mm-hmm. what if animated uh, features, which is awesome because yeah. there's more things they can do. You know, and I don't want it to be like yeah, like what if. Uh, Killmonger save Pepper Potts, or, yeah. you know, like, like definitely, but they can explore a lot of existing stuff out there. Yes, sure, like, sure. you know, this, and this could be the ways that they introduce things that may not translate well in, in film story, whether it's, 
um, Beta Ray Bill, uh, you know, for Thor, or, you know, certain characters that they're like, you know what, this just doesn't really fit the stories we want to tell in the movies, yeah. but we want to recognize the existence sure. of these characters that have yeah, been around yeah. a long time. And so, uh, you know, wh however they're going to do it, I think that Marvel is explaining to the casual viewer mm -hmm. how a, a what if, how a multiverse kind of um, um, idea exists, kind of to give us the rules. Um, because going back and watching the Avengers movies, um, like I, like I needed to be told what the rules were with the stones. Yeah. Right. Like, okay, so there's the, there's the Tesseract and it's like, oh, it's this, it's this, you know, but you know, Thanos, every time he gets one of the stones in Infinity War, uh, uses it. So yeah. we see what it does. And a lot of people skipped over the second Thor movie. And so this idea of reality and the mm -hmm. ether, like what this does you know, we quickly see that scene with uh, Gamora and Thanos and Star-Lord um, in uh, the Collector's Collection. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so we, we got to see how those were explained. But, and so that was their way, I think, of explaining to the casual viewer, here's what these stones do and put together, here's what they, you right, know, threaten right. to do. The multiverse seems like it's the next Infinity Stone saga. Sure. Like, everything moving forward is going to have some direct or indirect connection to it. Mm -hmm. And so I think maybe these animated features can be interesting and entertaining and serve a third purpose, which is laying the groundwork so we kind of know not what to expect, but we know um, we know how some things are going to play out. Yeah. You know, we know that, like, it, you know, in this world, it could be that, uh, you know, Gwen Stacy is the one bitten by the spider, not Peter Parker, mm -hmm. you know? Sure, and so, sure. like, oh, okay, yeah, just like how it was that Peggy got the serum instead of Captain America. And the idea that those ripples create you know, new threads, things yeah. that never happened that would have otherwise, and vice versa. You just blew my mind with the idea that there could be 14 million whatever possibilities that just involved that version. Because then that's not even saying, that's not even giving credence to the rest of the multiverse. I disagree, but that's an interesting idea. Because i got to imagine those 14 million different blah, blah, blah. That's got to be one of them. Like, it would be awesome if... Because there is that rumor that the, the evil Doctor Strange from What If Episode 5 may make an appearance in Multiverse of Madness. And how sick would that be for the people who did that? Because there's a ton of people who do not want to watch yeah. anything animated. No. I mean, we have friends who like the comic book movies, who like comic books, don't dig animated stuff right um so it would be very interesting if if that were a true rumor it's just a rumor it's a, a social media rumor but so was alfred melina in um uh spider-man far from home no way home no way home no way home no way home yeah. i don't like this now <laughs> now that i have three different movies that are so close that i can screw up i don't like that i like home alone yeah. i think uh Home run. I think there were some other clever ways to get Spider-Man no homo. Oh, man. <laughs> but, I mean, my thought, and my thought behind Strange seeing all those 14 million possibilities was, uh, okay, you know, where, where are our characters right now? Well, we've got, they were on Titan. Yeah. Right, yep. you've got Iron Man on Titan, you've got Spider Man on Titan, you got the Guardians. So you're thinking um, more exponentially, I'm, yeah, yeah. And so okay. I'm thinking, I'm thinking, what he had to explore was from this point, yeah. what are the possibilities? Yeah. Not going, you know, because he can't affect. Yeah. Things in the past, right. it's just moving forward. It's it's almost like if um, if you knew your your team was going to be playing, uh, you know, a, a great football team. Yeah. Uh, so not the Browns, <laughs> and um, and and you were just okay. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna foresee every choice we make, every pass that's thrown. 
Who catches it? How far does that get us? And any of these iterations, do yeah. they result in a win? And so it's, you're not changing their team. You're not changing your team. You're just setting the groundwork saying, we're going to face them. Sure. Now we can see who gets injured if I do this. Who's going to make the big play here? Do we make the 60-yard field goal? Like, And so that was always my thought that, that that's what Strange was doing. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that is explained really well. That, that breaks my mind about the infinite infinite possibilities of that universe. Um, I liked how just driven Killmonger was in the story that because we know where this guy came from, because we know how this goes, seeing his path there while attaching himself to Tony Stark was, I don't know, it was genius. And it gave me a little bit more clarity on the purple drink, on the uh, uh, the flower yeah. mixture, because uh, we get to see Killmonger go to the spirit world again and speak to the other kings. And for me, I wasn't completely sold on the fact that they're actually going back and talking to their loved ones. Mm -hmm. um, but this kind of really confirmed it. I know that a lot of people thought mm -hmm. that, but it was just like, are they just hallucinating? No, they are really seeing their loved ones and mm -hmm. speaking to them on that plane. That... I was on the fence. I know I'm in the minority, but that showed me given the conversations. Well, it, it, I that think he it's alluding to how when the Aztecs would take some of the, you know, ayahuasca, mm -hmm. they would talk to jaguars and their ancestors as jaguars. Yeah. So I think in that, you know, that herb is a hallucinogen. It's like alluding to the yeah. jaguar and Aztec that, thing. Yeah, and I think I, I would have liked to have seen a comment of like, a, like you know, is this really you sort of thing? Yeah. And it's like, well, if you take my advice, does it really matter? Like right, some right, right. some kind of clever coy. Yeah, you know sure. what I mean. Like something you know, because it's always yeah. you know the you know stories can have a fun way when they don't give you all the answers. Mm -hmm. You know, when there's just a little bit of that wiggle room between what you're what you're hoping, what you're expecting, and what they're giving. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, that was that was pretty neat to see though. For sure. yeah. yeah, and it fleshed out that character even more. Mm -hmm. um, I in and I've been the guy who did not like Killmonger for the longest time, and I've been kind of growing on it since I've been re-watching Black Panther so much here in the shop. Sorry. You know, sometimes it gets, I just have it on the back, but I'm working, babe. Okay, I am working. Um, and this was a really cool representation of the character. I like just seeing more of his cunning. Um, it was great to get uh, uh, Claw back as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, all in all, just, again, just another solid, solid. Uh, pr product. Yeah. Um, do you like Captain Carter or this better? If you had the, to, this if, one, you okay? Okay, I did like okay this fair one. enough. Yeah. Okay. Captain Carter, I think, is definitely the. Uh, it's, it's my a good least favorite, but it's a great opener. It's a great, it's a great opener. opener. I don't know how many more we have left. I, I heard somewhere. I heard we we're about eight. halfway. Through. I think we got. Oh Party wow! Thor. I think we're like. Or, I think we're going to be close to like twelve. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Oh wow! Just, I heard that it's going to culminate in a team up. I yes, mean, they're going to yes, be taking one from like, every episode. Like Peggy yeah. from her universe. Yes, like Dark yes, Strange. Dark Strange, maybe yeah. you know. Yeah, but um, and I've Dark been, Strange. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, yeah. <laughs> Dark Strange. Look out for the Dark Strange kids. Yeah. It's the only kind. Yeah, yeah. but it, I mean, uh, I think it's a. I think that's a cool way to do a season finale. Yeah, um, you know, just like what is the common threat between yes. all of them? Maybe yes. they go up against a walk to like. We don't like you watching us, man. I was, yeah, I was going to say, yeah. yeah. The voyeur. The voyeur. Um, there's a trend going on in comic books lately, guys. Um, it's, it's, it's coming and going, and it's been here before. It's the same old song and dance. Uh, but Todd McFarlane is leading this new uh, kind of uh, reemergence of the uh, ratio variant. 
A lot of people uh, might not know, especially those who listen to this show, you might not know that there are ways to get really cool uh, variant covers to a comic book. You might have a number one come out and it might have six or seven covers. It's all the same story, just a different cover artist doing different covers. And within that, you can unlock variants that if you order, oh, if you order 25 of these, you get one of 25. If you order 50, you get one for every 50 you order and so on. Todd McFarlane just set a, a new modern sales record of over uh, almost ha uh, half a million a units lot. moved pre-ordered for King Spawn number one. And the gimmick behind that was there were one in 25s. I believe there were one in 50s. Um, and then there was a one in 250 variant. Uh, that was a version of the cover that he did for one of the main covers. But it was going to have like a different background. And then he was going to individually number each one and sign it. And then never sign that book again. Uh, it's an interesting gimmick. It really pushed the sales floor. Uh, Todd has the number three most selling book of all time with his Spider-Man number one selling over three million copies. The number two book is X-Force number one selling five, over five million copies. And the big dog, which we also have to talk about at some point on the show, is Jim Lee's X-Men number one uh, selling over eight million copies. So in this digital age, it's been a long time since we've, we haven't sold a million uh, book, I don't think, since the 90s. Um, close, but no, uh, I think, um, uh, God, what was it? Uh, Keanu Reeves' Berserk Ooh. had some crazy amount of pre-sold because they had so many uh, oh, variants as well. <laughs> yeah. um, so I'm getting in on this bandwagon, guys. They're doing a uh, Gunslinger Spawn number one. There's going to be uh, a one in a 250 variant. We are going to be doing in-store at RAC Comics and Collectibles in Colorado Springs. We're going to be doing uh, bundles where you can get all seven main covers for the price of six. Uh, in-store only. And we have a limited amount on our Instagram. Uh, in-store, they're going to be $34.99 for the bundle. On Instagram, they're going to be $45 shipped. With that, yeah, I mean, it's a great deal. So if you're thinking about getting any of these books uh, or at least a full set, I don't know that there's a better deal around because when you order from me in-store or online, you're going to get a 1 in 10 chance to get the 1 in 50 Greg Capullo sketch variant. It's a really cool thing. We've got details on our Instagram at REC Comics. My question in that long, uh, drawn-out ad for my store is what do you guys think of that type of gimmick? Okay, um, it's it's inflating these numbers. Um, it's gonna from a collecting standpoint, there's gonna be at least half a million of these books out there. It's gonna kill that value. But is that real? Is that when when we're old, when our kids are older, mm. will King Spawn number one, will Gunslinger Spawn number one be that hot book just because due to age? You know, we're e Will amounts of those variants put out? So will there of those seven main? Will one of those be the standout? Because not a lot of people ordered it. Is it something that makes you Eric as the casual fan? Sure. You big tuna as a guy who follows the the genre but doesn't partake as much. Does that get you excited to like oh a new number one? I want to get it, and this is a cool bundle. What do you think as somebody who doesn't know, as somebody who's in the know? Yeah. As a comic book consumer, um, I just want to be on the record that I never inhaled. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. So that casual. Um, Every time. Yeah. I'm about as casual as a button down. <laughs> uh, so 
like when you first told me about this the other day, I had a hard time understanding some of the numbers. And sure. here's why. I walk into a comic book store, into a great comic book store, or into anyone else's comic book store. I walk into a comic book store and there's comics on the shelf. Mm -hmm. And I ask myself, I think to myself, okay, how many copies did this person order? Yeah. So if we're talking about a, a um, if we're talking about, let's say this one in 50, yes. right? Okay. So looking at things that through the lens of economics, which I try to do, and I'm no economics expert, but I know that when the supply of something is low and the demand is high, price always follows demand. Yeah. And sometimes there is a low supply of something that also has a low demand. Yes. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to thinking about, you know, is this going to be a big hit? Mm -hmm. I don't think, I think the success of the, the comic in the series uh, is somewhat removed a little bit from the, the gimmick that Tom yes. McFarlane's giving. Because um, if it's if it's a good book, people are going to want it and they're going to buy it. Yes. That being said, if if I'm somebody that, that has faith in this, this story that they're doing, in Todd's kind of, I'm going to sign it, never sign again mm -hmm. sort of thing, that's greatly limiting the supply. And the weird thing is, from an economic standpoint... We almost never have exact numbers on things. Yeah. Right. So when I go to uh, Craigslist to buy a PS5 off somebody, I really don't know. I might know PS5s are hard to come by, but I don't necessarily know, you know, is, is Walmart or Target going to get more of them, right? It's that unknown that often drives people to make economic choices mm -hmm. because they say, listen, I may never have another shot at this. Is this going to be somebody I trust? Is this going to be the right choice to make? I have to roll the dice and see. But when you go out there, and whenever any business or company says, we're making X number, and that's it. Yeah. Well, that's only as good as their promise being followed through. Yeah. You know, if Todd McFarlane in five years is like, ah, screw it, I'll sign anything with my name <laughs> on it. Well, we know what, they'll, what that'll do to the value of those comics, yes. right? But at the same time, I also think that when you have this much information... If you are a connoisseur, if you are somebody that was already interested in this story, it, it's, it, it seems to me like this is, everything in life is a risk. This seems like it's a good risk. Yeah. Because the payoff, the, the, the exponential value of these rare variants that, that you, know, you might get your hands on, that seems worth it. So someone like me who mm -hmm. probably has not bought an actual like like a literal individual issue comic in probably 10 years. Yeah. Uh you know or close to it like I'd be like man, a 1 in 10 shot at at a 1 this, in 50. Yeah. One in fi I'm like that's pretty cool, yeah. you yeah. know? Yeah. And 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 who knows? Maybe I maybe I don't get the 1 in 50, but I've got you know this awesome set that turns out to be a great story and the value is you know the, the value of the comics is the the popularity of the story. Yeah. You know, does it continue? Does it launch new characters? Um, and yeah. well, and and I'm glad you, you said that. And I and I want to come back to that idea of launching new characters. But Eric, mm -hmm. as somebody who's you've lived you lived in the '90s, right, the right. go go '90s, go -go bro, 90s baby. of of the comic book gimmick. Mm -hmm. um, are you? Are you excited to see this this uh, a gimmicky trend start back up again, or do you think that this are we starting to smell that dip that happened in the nineties? I think it's alluding to that. Okay, I think we might be going a little bit that way. I think the only I mean talking about this spawn thing and the only thing we could do to maintain the values, we got to kill Todd McFarlane. Oh my gosh! I mean, 
if you want those books to go up. If you want, dude. Okay, well, you gotta kill your favorite writer, and yeah. your favorite artist. Oh my gosh, don't do that. Uh, just yeah. joking. Yeah, we but, don't advocate any type of assassination. Right? Uh, Is that Catcher in the Rye? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a Beatles show for some reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm starting to get whiffs of uh, Death of Superman here. A little bit. You know, a little uh, bit. Granted, you know they are doing the you know signed variants and yes. stuff, which is very cool. But like to George's yeah. point. Todd at any time can go, you know what, I will sign that. Yeah. You know, and then it will drop all those books exponentially. Because mm -hmm. those are the only books that are gonna be worth anything out of that lot. Yes. You know, that yes. that first print, aside from those variants, are you know, they're 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 um collection fillers. Yeah. You know yes. what I mean? Which are great. I mean yeah. it's probably a good story in there. Yeah. But you know, you gotta buy a lot of these and sell a lot of these, and there's gonna be a lot there, you know just a big wave on the market except for those variants yeah so it's kind of like the doer you know damn if you do damn if you don't kind of thing here yes which again going back to the 90s was was what was happening you yeah. know they were bringing in the gimmicks as far as cheap gimmicks you know yeah. shiny 90s doing the holograms which had they only done one in ten mm -hmm. those might be actually worth some money yeah. so i feel like they're doing it a little right here as i do as, you know, yeah like, making the the gimmick the thing that is rare because right like as we've talked about on the show 90 shiny you couldn't look in a comic store without your sunglasses foil. on yeah, because everything was shining everything yeah. or die cut yeah or holes go. cut in your comics to look like other things yes um this I agree with you that this is a fun gimmick as long as he sticks to it, and right. it'd be different if it was one of the lesser uh, uh, image founders. Sure, uh, and and not to give anybody less credit, but let's be real: Todd's the king of the yeah, image yeah. founders. Then Jim, then, then we got maybe Eric Rob. Larson, kind of. Well, yeah, Eric and and, and Jimmy Palamati. They, 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 they're, they're just lower. It's just what it but, is. Yeah, we're not taking anything away from no, them. no. It's just not a lot of people know Todd, Eric and Jimmy. You know? But Todd is more about toys anymore. Yeah, like true. Todd's Hall of Fame photo. I don't think belongs in the comic book hall of fame. It involves, it, it, it belongs in the toy hall of fame. You know, he did, I would say he did do a lot of um, awesome things with toys as far as making them more adult. Yeah. So that is like, kudos to him. But you know, his, you know, contribution to comic books are amazing. It, it you know? is, but Todd hasn't drawn interiors for I think 20 that's plus why years. This might be a, a big deal. Yes, well, but he's been doing covers forever. He still that does covers. That is a covers. good point. That's he a does good covers, point. but he doesn't hasn't done interiors what 30 years? I mean, close to it. Yeah. You know, his his contributions to that comics should have been the gimmick. Were so ex yeah, dude, if he did a book where he did the entire interior, interior and he's only doing one, boom, flying off the yeah, shelves. I'll that's order I'll order a thousand comics Just, yeah, to get it. I would know? get one too or a few of those. It'd so be, that's awesome. It would be wild I'm, I'm glad to get you guys's feedback on this because you know uh and yes this is quasi promotion but i'm offering a really good deal for your chance to get right. these types of things and i'm trying to create another gimmick inside the gimmick the inception gimmick kids no. um i think it's fun <laughs> and fortunately todd with his characters um does uh, get good artists to come in. He's not just bringing in oh, any schmoes. No, no, He's bringing no, in no. good people. He had J. Scott Campbell do a bunch of mm -hmm. covers, Brett Booth, Dave Finch. You have guys who are just, for, for your money, the best spawn artists out there. Um, yeah. you, you had said something about a spawn, uh, a different character than spawn. This gunslinger spawn is a different version of spawn. And it's funny to me that Todd and Image are now getting into this idea of having their expanded universe. Mm -hmm. It's taken how many years? They had done crossovers in the past with the Image mm -hmm. books, uh, but it's very much like they were all their own world. Right. Even though the Image characters are technically in the same world, 
it's not as woven in as a DC universe or as a Marvel universe. It was kind of a big deal when these characters crossed paths. Yes. So we had another big Spawn book earlier in the year, Spawn Universe. We've had King Spawn, and now we've got Gunslinger Spawn, which was a fan favorite character from a... Uh, he had a couple showings in the normal Spawn universe. Just a different character, different um, uh, time period. Mm-hmm. So, Oh, so this is... Is this going to be out? So this Gunslinger Spawn number one is coming out in October. Um, but it's going to be more of that fan favorite. Okay. Uh, okay. I just think it's really funny that we finally have Todd kind of jumping on this multiverse for his characters dude if he starts doing all of these different universal spawns it makes so much sense and you can make tons of toys oh yeah you can make that's tons of toys it. i think that's how we see what's it. a what is a spawn that you would like to see hmm. my personal one would be a confederate states of america spawn davis the president oh. of the confederacy Ooh, you know you go. got him going up against steve lincoln yeah okay interesting i like it down for that like teaming up with a uh, stonewall i can dig yeah. it yeah i can dig it he would be the stone wall. I think showing the suit through time would, or there are different versions of the, sure. of the suit through time would be a brilliant idea and something that we're not. If that way, you could kind of sidestep multiverse and you could do it as a time thing right, instead. Right. And you can have the different spawns of different timelines. Uh, you know what's uh, interactive? See real quick. What? What? Who does um, Azrael work for? Who do you, where do you know from Batman? Oh, this order of oh, yeah. Oh, that's a spot. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. yeah. Don't I mean, hammer. I, I don't hurt him for that one. Yeah, you yeah, did. Yeah, oh awesome. my god. Yeah, yeah, yeah I would like kill for that spot. Yeah. yeah, that was good. Though. That yeah. Was good. Oh my but, gosh. Uh, oh, Knights, I thought it was Knights of Templar, but is that the same thing? Yes, because the, yeah, the, the yeah. Saint Dumas is a kind of an offshoot. That, of the, okay. So okay. you'd like to see a Templar yes. spawn? That's what you want. Okay. I always thought Azrael kind of. You know, look a little spawny. Yeah, it would be really cool if like you had the like the Catholic Church like. Right, killing the guy who had the spawn outfit, yes, and then kind of like purifying it to like yes, purifying it to go needs. there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that would hell be hunter. wild. Hell hunters. <laughs> Todd, hit us up, man. We got tons of ideas. Eric and I will get we'll get inebriated. We'll figure them out. <laughs> Jordan will suss it out and make it a story that make that makes sense. I'll okay? be the designated pitch driver. There we go. So. Yeah. And on that note, kids, that is our show. If you like what we're doing, please hit that subscribe button. Uh, hit the alarm so that you know when we have new shows coming out. We're going to be on a new shooting schedule. Uh, Papa Eric and I have had a, a lot of changes in our lives where we're not going to have them out by Fridays. It's probably going to be more during the week. But yeah. it gives you a nice little thing to watch during the week. Exactly. When you're in your traffic jams, you're going to have your RAC podcast in your ear. Um, Eric. Yes, sir. Do you have any final thoughts for us? No, I wish I'd have saved Kill Todd McFarlane for this. Oh, man. So, yeah, let's bring it up again. Kill Todd McFarlane. Hashtag. (laughs) Yeah, and uh, we do not endorse this. The RAC podcast does not. Uh, We love Todd McFarlane, the Todd father, as he's known. Yeah, Todd father. Big Tuna, would you like to give us a final thought today? Yeah, you mentioned like this Inception sort of thing. So if we were in Inception, what would your totem be? What would be that little uh, thing that you'd have that you'd keep on you that you'd know whether you're in a Mm. dream or not? Hmm. Uh, well, Eric's would be an old spoon, um, and then like a uh, bent spoon, yeah, like a bent spoon. Yeah, I'm here. Yeah. Oh, 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 Bessie. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's good. I don't know. What, what, what would yours be? Man, a guitar pick, maybe. Oh, yeah. smart. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, specific diameter. Yeah. Something worn to your specific. Yep. Yeah, I'm into that. Dreidel. 
Dreidel. Yeah. Might as well go the Leo yeah. route, you know. Yeah. Meet it out of clay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, mine would be this uh, beautiful HasLab exclusive <laughs> uh, <Wow>. Sentinel <laughs> in store at REC Comics and Collectibles. Oh, yeah. uh, come check cool. us out. Yeah, his totem uh, wouldn't be shame because he has no. Yeah, yeah, that is right. Or kids. cringe. <laughs> Thank you guys for watching. Thank you for listening. I've been your host, Roman Chavez. I'm Sylvia Kikaris. Big Tuna. That's me. R.I.P. Hey, Norm McDonald. R.I.P. Yeah. Norm McDonald, yeah. kids. Yeah, he, uh, he had to uh, pay the piper. Yeah, He's right. doing the dirty work in the sky. Yeah, yeah. Pour, pour one out for Norm, kids. Uh, we'll catch you on the next podcast.